Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Is Your podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Anne Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Microsoft 365 focused IT security professionals. It's episode 20 of season four. Sam and I had a recent discussion around Microsoft Enter ID, a cloud identity provider that enables an organization to have a single identity across multiple SaaS applications. Here are a few things we covered. What is a cloud identity? What capability does Microsoft Enter ID have? What security features are available? And how is it licensed? We've noticed that a large number of you aren't subscribed. If you do enjoy our podcast, please do consider subscribing. It would mean a lot for us to show your support to the show. It's a really great episode, so let's dive in. Hey, Alan, how are you doing? Hey, Sam, not doing too bad. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, countdown to uh, Ignite is on. Uh, it sounds like a, um, a gonna, it's going to be a, a packed event. And um, yeah, uh, not jealous at all that you're attending. Yeah. It's only what two just uh, just under three weeks, I think now. Or, or, yeah, just under that now. So, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, lots of MVP activities and things like that, and helping out. So, it's not gonna be a um, quiet quiet week. Definitely not. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's. I suppose that's kind of good, isn't it? Especially if you're um, sort of um, out there. Um, it, it keeps you focused as well, right? It's not just you know the the announcements and the the you know the the new the new content it's is actually you know uh, participating it in it in, to some degree yeah definitely in you know um catching up with um you know other organizations or you know just catching up with the community and helping out where we can or where i can i guess um so yeah i look forward to it. Look, look forward to catching up with people yeah no it's going to be great so Alan, this week, um, Microsoft Entra ID, um, formerly known as Azure AD, yeah. <laughs> have you um, have you got have you got used to the new name yet? Because <laughs> I don't think I have. Well, maybe uh, actually, I'm getting better at it. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm mostly Entra ID. I have to keep reference back to it because you, you do get a few blank um, faces when you sometimes say it. You're like, oh yeah, Azure AD, and then like, oh yeah, okay, get it. So yeah, it's all the yeah, like almost. sub products, services, names that I still haven't quite got yet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Azure AD right. joined, yeah. No, it's Azure <laughs> AD joined now, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's but yeah, like, this yeah, cool. yeah, this this episode's really because like we've we talked about you know some of the capability and stuff like that, but we've never really talked about enter id as a cloud identity or a as a solution generally and why it's used talked about everything else it does um so it's a bit of a i guess it's kind of a, an assumption that we've probably had that everyone knows what it is and what it does yeah i think if we had been a bit a bit more uh clever or you know uh planned it a bit better that maybe we should have covered the um sort of the the base topics first if that makes sense right uh not just diving into you know um technologies that we're excited about which is usually the way that the the schedule gets put together but no it's good it's good to circle back um for sure yeah definitely 
Okay, cool. Let's um. So yeah, let's 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 get started. Um. So Alan, what is uh what's a, what's a cloud identity? Yeah, so a cloud identity is, as it kind of sounds, an identity in the cloud, um, but it's used for, um, it's in effect, uh, in a, in effect, it's a, um, can be provided by a, uh, a an identity provider, a cloud identity provider like Microsoft Venture ID, Azure AD as its previous name, um, or you know other um, solutions out there like Okta. Um, and in effect, this is a, um, you know, like a direct, it's in effect a directory of users where you can create their, you know, their, their identities, you know, their usernames, their passwords. Um, and then they can use that to then sign into services. So, you know, from Microsoft Venture ID, you know, that the example of that is, you know, signing into Office 365. Um, it might be, to, you know, um, communicate, yeah, using that identity for a cloud uh, service like uh, ServiceNow, Dropbox, you know, etc. Um, using other technologies to do that that sign in, um, but really, you know, the history of sort of cloud identities has been, you know, as you know, as, as everyone you know in the past sort of probably five to ten years now, been moving, you know, starting to move slowly to cloud services. Um, you know, one key area is managing identity. You know, in in various applications, SaaS applications. Um, it's trying to simplify that, secure it, um, and also bring on, you know, n remove the sort of need potentially for um, interactions with maybe your on-premise identities. Because, you know, most organizations will have, you know, an active directory and have, you know, an identity there. Um, and then they... You know, then they as they were moving to the cloud, they then had multiple identities in multiple applications, and then having to manage that, secure them, um, and then you know, cloud identities, cloud identity providers, then sort of centralize that single identity for a user, and then allow them to then you know reuse that in multiple places, um, whilst putting you know security um, and that on it today. In, in in my simple sort of thought process is it is it really a a matter of convenience you know um workloads shifting from like on premise into the cloud it it kind of makes sense to have your you know your identities at least synchronized into the cloud at that point or you know attempting to make your cloud identity your you know primary identity if that makes sense yeah, definitely, and it, yeah, it's moving your organization uh, almost having a, you know an organizational identity in the cloud for you know for those cloud services because, um, like I said, pre you know just now that you know if you're in uh, you know if you're using SaaS applications or even you know internal cloud applications that you're hosting, um, you know having multiple usernames and passwords to manage is difficult. It's not not you know not unachievable. Um, but if you think about, you know, when people leave, people join, you know, how many times you've got to then create 12, you know, user accounts and 12 different passwords for the user to remember. Um, and you're right, it's kind of a convenience thing as well as security. Um, because, you know, you, you might forget to disable an account and that password's leaked and then that service is compromised, but you don't know about it because you're not monitoring everything kind of thing. 
So, you know, having a centralized identity allows you to then one monitor it in one place and also control the access to multiple applications and services from, you know, from that single place. Okay. So Alan, can you just sort of give us a, you know, a whistle stop tour of uh, some of the capabilities of um, EntrID? Yeah, sure. So Microsoft EntrID, as I said, allows you to have, you know, user identities in there so you know it's used you know um, and, and provide like a directory uh, and as it kind of sounded before you know it being called azure ad it's very similar to active directory on premise um as a, a as an identity store um but yeah it gives you the um gives you you know your identities it allows you it provides um some some of the security features like um, MFA, conditional access. Um, it allows you to um, be able to, uh, as I kind of said, uh, do single sign-on into, into SaaS applications or internal applications using various technologies. Um, it has, uh, depending on the SKUs you have, um, it allows you to do identity governance, so you're able to manage your identities. Um, it can also help with your join and move a lever process, so automating your um, onboarding of your staff um, as well as you know, them leaving and removing their access and accounts. Um, it has the capability of, um, because it was kind of part of um, or heavily integrated into you know, Office Microsoft 365, um, it does sort of our back roles in there as well as for Azure. Um, and then there's a you know, there's quite a bit around, you know, identity, you know, identity access and the, the you know, security of your identity. So there's various tools like identity protection and digital access and a few things like that. Nice. So I, I assume, you know, that's, uh, I'm guessing a lot of sort of cloud focused solutions there, but also, you know, migration of um, like more traditional, you know, um, identity features that you would have had like previously on-prem with, uh, things like, you know, active directory. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, the key sort of, you know, the, the actual you know, user accounts, things like that, you know, it, it, it definitely had a similar feel, um, especially in the early sort of early days of, um, Azure AD, um, definitely felt like Active Directory, um, but not necessarily having multiple organizational units, things like that, just a single OU, a single list of users um, in that. And I guess one other part is that it can also do, um, it can also have uh, device devices registered in there, um, whether it be on-premise um, ones or cloud-based um, devices. And what's what's you know what's the difference between other sort of cloud technologies like um uh management tools like intune as an example right um you know you have you know machines that are is it entra id joined now is that right did i get that right or is it entra joined entra entra id joined yeah entra okay sorry <laughs> um but you know what what's the what's the difference there between you know uh you know, joining it on the entry side and, and maybe with a, you know, device management uh, tool as well. Yeah, so you can, when, so yeah, if you enroll it into within Intune, then that's obviously 
a mobile device management technology so that's able to do the the management of the device um a prerequisite of that is that you, the user has to be um part of the um has to be part of you know enter id for its identity to be in 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 tune um being first party in that but um from the device joining side of things um the enter id or enter domain joined i think it might actually be enter domain joined um is where in effect your device you sign in with your cloud identity solely uh into the device and all of your identity is in effect that cloud identity not an on-premise um active directory one so all your authentication is with most of enter id um so all your you know in effect anything you're signing into there so if you're signing into office apps on the device it's all single sign-on because it knows who you are because you're using the same identity and the same thing when you go to other SaaS applications you know the your identity is is that identity so it acts like active directory but in the cloud at that point kind of thing um and then i guess the other type there is the the hybrid joint and that's when a device is uh, joined to Active Directory, but also um, enrolled in effect into Microsoft Enter ID. So again, you can use in effect use both identities, and it's all single sign-on kind of thing. It sort of matches them up at that point. Okay, great. Thanks for that, Alan. And um, just talking about we've spoken about it previously, but um, how how do you get on-premise IDs up into the cloud? I, I assume there's lots of organisations still out there with you know um active directory still deployed that's still a a big technology that i i see day to day yeah so you know as as the the sole purpose originally for active directory at, at the time was to bring your you know your on-premise identity to the cloud for uh microsoft 365 when it first you know was born kind of thing um so there's there's a AD Connect, um, AD, AD Connect Cloud and AD Connect Sync uh, tool that allows you to then do a synchronization of your on-premise identities to the cloud. So it's um, in effect one one way that you your your um, Active Directory IDs are your, your source of truth for those identities, and they get synchronized up. Um, so. And you can choose which identities uh, are synchronized by, you know, organization units um, and other filters. Um, but yeah, so you can bring those identity up and then that's where um, when you have your hybrid joined devices, uh, you can then, it can then you know, match you know, your, your local AD identity with your cloud identity. So it knows who you are from that perspective. So um, yes, a lot, a lot of organizations today have AD Connect in place. Um, there is uh, there is a new version of it called Cloud Connect. Um, so what you need for the, the, I guess the traditional, I guess we could probably call it now, is the, the AD Connect Sync. Um, you have a server on-premise that um, in effect synchronizes your identities between you know, the cloud and AD. Um, and that can do um as other technology in there about how to authenticate so potentially you can do password hash sync where your your um, passwords from active directory are then synchronized 
up in a hash, um, salted, you know, a couple of times. Um, you can do pass-through authentication where you have agents on premise that um, when an uh, authentication takes place up in the cloud, um, the request comes down to your local AD to be authenticated. Um, most organizations use um, the password hashing. Um, previously, you were able to, or you, you were able to use um, ADFS, um, but as um, a lot of organizations are moving away from that now. Um, the cloud sync connector um, in effect has a small agent that sits um, on premise and then all you see all your configurations done in the cloud so that's the way we're moving towards um, but there's just some feature parity that's just missing on that at the moment but it's close to, for transitioning um, but yes really can be really simple to do um, to set up um, it does depend on the size of your organization, how many users, because um, we've worked, I've worked with uh, universities where they have, you know, you know, a couple of thousand staff and then 20,000 students uh, and those being synchronized up. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely works and um, r relatively simple to set up depending on your, on your Active Directory configuration. Cool. Um, is it just normal uh, users that you can have in um, at TriD, or are there other types of users um, that you can you can add in? So it's probably three three types. Um, so if we talk about the on-premise um, identity, so AD, you know, the AD Connect Sync. So they are um, uh, on-premise or or AD server sort of identities. Um, you then have cloud identities so the ones that are created in Microsoft Venture ID itself and managed up there um, but then you can have um, guest accounts B2B accounts uh, which we briefly talked about a couple of weeks ago um, which are users that are um, from other tenants uh, other Microsoft Venture uh, ID tenants um, with Office 365 and they can be used for, for collaboration with within Teams and SharePoint um, and things like that, or potentially you know, accessing your um, applications that are integrated with um, Microsoft Venture ID. Okay, so just following on from that, um, how does it integrate with you know uh, SaaS applications? Yes, there's various ways to to do this. So, um, really, the sort of the main way is um, a SAML SAML two authentication so in effect the the um, SAS application sets the um, Microsoft Venture ID as the identity provider um, so some Microsoft has a a gallery of applications that they've pre-configured or have got you know, in effect templates for um, and then you go in there you you create it um, Microsoft does have some great documentation about setting up um, you know, the integration with a lot of SaaS applications. Um, but yeah, once you create that sort of connection and you create that SAML connection, then you can then bring, then your, you know, when that, when you go to that logon page of that SaaS application, it will bring you back to uh, Microsoft Venture ID um, to do the ver the verification there. So it's really quite simple. Um, well, it can be quite simple in some scenarios. Um, some of the other ways is um, OpenID, open id um 
and uh, there is a the capability of uh, Microsoft uh, well, Azure AD, it's probably called Azure AD now, app app proxy, application proxy. Um, so this allows you to bring um, SaaS, or sorry, bring on-premise applications to the cloud. Um, so that 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 has the capability of, in effect, being uh, a reverse proxy um, into your environment. Um, so this is for web applications. And uh, in effect, what it can do is it can Kerberos or single sign-on into on-premise applications. So if you've got a sort of a legacy application that can only do Kerberos and authentication with you know Active Directory, um, you can put you can use the app proxy tell you know tell Microsoft Azure ID the the internal URL. Um, it can create an external URL for you, um, but you have the power of Microsoft Azure ID as the the front door. Kind of what we were talking about briefly in last week's episode around you know DDoS attacks, you know having you know, Microsoft services in front to protect against that. Um, but what that does also mean is that you can put all the Microsoft Venture ID um, security capability in front of it as well, without needing to change the application. Um, so we definitely see a lot of of that being used to bring on you know um, some of the sort of legacy authentication mechanisms. Um, being allowed to expose them, to, you know, to the internet um, on the cloud securely. Okay, so just sort of following on from that, um, what are because we've we've seen a lot of um, sort of identity related, you know, functionality and features that we've talked about, but um, I suppose organisations could be, you know, concerned of security of moving things outside, you know, their perimeter. Um, what what um, security capabilities are are there within? side of um enter id yeah so it's quite there's quite a few things here um because you're right you know organizations moving to the cloud or in the cloud you know it's, it's another attack vector you know it's another perimeter to look after and you know we're now seeing organizations being targeted for their identity because you know it is the keys keys to all the services rather than attacking devices um so one of the key sort of areas is conditional access. Um, conditional access is in effect um, the gates to um, where a user can sign in and what they can access. So you can be very granular about what a user can do. Um, so this could be this uses signals from you know the IP address they're coming from, their location, um, what application they're accessing, you know maybe what group they're in, um, and you know what device they're connecting with. Um, and using those signals, um, you can then determine whether they can access um, a service for that. So it might be that you say um, you can only access Microsoft 365 if you're on a managed device via Intune or it's a hybrid join device. Um, it has to be you know, from Windows, it has to be a Windows device, um, and you have to come from you know, the, the corporate network or from the UK kind of thing or the, you know the us etc um that then limits where you can you can sign in um but as part of that as well you can then you know enforce multi-factor authentication so you can specify uh you know what type of mfa now as well you know what strength you know if there's a, a phishing a phishing resistant mfa so using fido2 keys using passwordless authentication um the the Microsoft um, authentication app, um, 
versus you know maybe a phone or call a call text etc um so it's very powerful in you know you can limit you know, maybe you've got some high risky users like your finance team that you only want to be act, be able to access you know the finance application um or the finance SaaS application you know from you know the office or from you know a managed you know, managed device um other parts kind of in there is the Microsoft or Enter ID identity protection. Um, so using Microsoft Security Graph um, and all their signals from all the other tenants, as well as you know from their their feed from other security services, including their you know their um, red team um, and blue teams, um, bringing that data in and then risk uh, assigning a risk level to a user sign in or or a user itself. Um, and then you can use those signals again within conditional access to block a user from access. Um, one thing that that sort of service does as well is if a because the because Microsoft if you're using password hash sync, uh, Microsoft can uh, normally uh, acquire the um, lists of passwords being um, sold on you know on the black on the uh, the dark the dark web. Um, and then they can do it in effect a check against your organization's um, usernames and passwords, not knowing the passwords specifically, but the hashes um, to see whether that, that identity has been compromised somewhere. And if it has, then it can specify that that user is a high risk. Um, and kind of, a, and then it can force a password reset. And that could be, you know, in the cloud or on-premise as well. So it can do SSPR, self-service password reset, you know, back to on-premise as well. Um, and then kind of around, that's kind of the key main things, um, for the security side of things, you know, it's protecting, you know, your, your identity, um, from, you know, being used and being accessed. Um, probably the only other parts around it is the authentication methods. So most have been bringing and pushing for, you know, passwordless authentication. So removing, you know, the requirement for a password to be used. Um, so they've been bringing in, you know, password authentication for quite some time now, and they're bringing in, um, there's quite a few now that have come into GA and, you know, are used quite, quite heavily in, in from a user experience. It's great because, you know, you, you sign in with your, you type your username in and when you get to put your password, it's like, Hey, we're doing passwordless now. So let's give me, uh, tell me, you know, do your, um, your code check, you know, type the code that's on the screen on your on onto your device, and then do a pin check on that device itself, and then there's no password, and that's great because you know one user doesn't have to remember that password, um, and two when you're signing in and maybe you've got you know the device they're on is compromised, you know, with keyloggers etc. There's no password being written at that point, so it's definitely um, a step forward there. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's. It sounds like there's a lot of capability there. Um, yeah, and like you say, I think I think the words you use were, you know, it's a it's a new perimeter that you've got to um, protect. It's it's good that there's a, you know, a lot of potential capability there. All managed by Microsoft as well. I mean, you could, especially you could take that in a couple of ways, really, right? Because you know, some organisations want the control, don't they? You know, of 
you know, uh, running things themselves, creating their own perimeters, X, Y, and Z. Um, but, you know, um, but it is a very modern approach now to sort of um, shift that risk, maybe, you know, um, to your supplier um, and, and sort of, you know, trust that Microsoft's product development teams are going to be more advanced than your own sort of internal security controls. Yeah, and it's probably one thing I probably missed out on, and that's probably the you know there's you know it's got it's got some RBAC roles there for you know within the product to um, you know to manage certain areas. So you, know, you can have um, group management, you know, user management, and things like that. Um, but as as we sort of said before, it jumps into you know um, into Azure for the RBAC. It's used by you know by this as well as there's Azure AD roles, which then you know map into Microsoft three six five. And some roles can come from, you know, the SaaS applications and be brought back in. So then you can manage your identity that way. Um, but I th what I'm trying to get back to is that um, one of the security features is um, privileged identity management, where you can do just-in-time access for those elevated roles. Um, one in Microsoft Enter ID and Azure, um, but and Microsoft 365 in effect. Um, but actually into SaaS applications as well, using groups or uh, if the SAML authentication is is capable, you know, just in time, you know, uh, just in time provisioning of, of user user identities um, like in AWS. Okay. And is a lot of this technology cloud centric or, you know, was there previously this type of functionality on premise and, you know, it's just a transfer of, you know, th those maybe not the same technology, but those same processes, you know, because obviously MFA is a newer um, a newer type of technology. That's probably, probably a bad way of saying it, but do you, do you see what I mean? Like privileged identity management, you must have to do that on-premise, right? You know, that's not just a cloud-only challenge. No, so some of, yeah, some of the capability has been available for your on-premise act directory, not this you know Microsoft Enter ID doesn't um some of this KB doesn't sort of code down to it is cloud only um capabilities. Um but there are other you know services and things like that that you can do for on premise identities where authentication should take a place on premise. Um as well as you yeah you're right, MFA um there are some services out there that do sort of tie in to MFA in um on-premise like uh, Silverfort or you know, Duo, um, MFA can do some of that authentication as well in some places. Um, so, yeah, you can bring that some of that capability down with other sort of services. And I think, um, if I remember, Silverfort kind of ties into, uh, into the MFA for Azure, doesn't it, I think? I'll have to double-check that. Yeah, because I, I, I suppose, you know, if, if I'm an organisation that, has currently got my identities firmly on prem um you know what's my sort of reasoning for go to, for going to enter id is do you think it's the collaborative integrated benefits of it you know the fact that it's in the cloud and it is i dare i say it relatively simple to integrate with other saas providers and other workloads right um it just it 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 may make sense for organizations to start putting their identities or at least synchronizing them uh into the cloud yeah i mean you know so quite a few SaaS services 
you know, do have on-premise AD connectors to be able to do synchronizations of your identities into them and potentially passwords and things like that. But, you know, this is, they get to the, the you know, the, the welcome screen of that SAS application. And then they've got to, you've got to type in their username and password. So every, you know, application they're going to, you know, they're typing in their username and password. And don't get me wrong, you know, users will be used to that. But, you know, moving to a cloud service um, like Microsoft Venture ID, you know, you can remove that extra requirement to type in that password because you've already authenticated. Um, and it's also really, it's also really around, you know, managing those identities because you you know you might have that synchronization in but then then you've got a sub mfa on every SaaS application so a user's now got 20 mfa tokens in their on their phone or and you've got to make sure that you know it's all enabled on every user on all of those SaaS applications where you know you're bringing it centrally like you want to on premise or like you have done on premise with all your, you know, your on-premise applications um, so that you can centrally you know, manage it, you know, disable your account in one place and all of a sudden it's disabled everywhere. You know, it's it's kind of that side of things. It's really around the life cycle of an identity, really, you know, looking after it. You know, if you've only got one or two places to look after it, then it's a lot easier to lock it down when a, you know, an account's been compromised. I mean, can you imagine if... Um, you know, an identity got compromised and you've got 30 SaaS applications now got to run through and go and disable their account. You know, this is now I disable it in one place or I reset the password in one place. Now it's it's changed. That's it. And, and I assume as an identity provider, things like Enter ID are having the investment and the, you know, and the development of not just, you know, not just technologies to circumvent like cloud challenges right you know like you were saying like you know movement of your perimeter but just um you know general newer you know thought processes and controls that have been put in place for identities right um it's almost is it kind of a world where even if you are on prem connecting to an quote on prem application now the sort of I'll call it depends who you talk to, I suppose, but the the forward thinking best practice is to still use that cloud identity even when you're on prem, right? Because because then you you get the ability to have you get all of that benefit of that cloud identity, and it's probably wrapped into your license anyway, isn't it? A lot of this, right? Um especially at those larger organization levels, right? Um you've got it there and then like you say you get all the benefit of the simplicity um because because my thought process is right if you've got a saas application and you need it to talk to your on premise ad there has got to be a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of how they communicate right you know and and what we're basically now saying is is no synchronize your identities into enter id with you know, some sort of synchronization tool that is Microsoft focused and those SaaS applications can talk to Enter ID instead of actually going, punching a hole into the side of your perimeter and connecting directly to AD on-premise. Am I just talking nonsense there or does that? 
Well, you know, no, I mean that's that, that's a good point. You know, Mugs, you know, if you if if services rely, you know, cloud services rely on your on-premise identity. You know, what happens when your internet pipe goes down? No one can authenticate because it's not in the cloud. You know, there's things like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Your know, organization will have you know multiple internet pipes and disaster recovery for you know for those services, but you don't know when someone decides to cut through a fiber cable that takes out a whole data center and things like that, or a data center goes up in flames or whatever. You know, we have seen that in the past where you know massive data centers have died. Um, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. You know, and it, it, bringing that identity up to the cloud means that it's it's readily available from anywhere pretty much um and you're you're right so it's, you know, quite a few organizations before as you know azure ad Microsoft Azure id sort of was growing you know users you know they used to use um adfs and i kind of mentioned it before active, active directory federation services and that was to do in effect single sign-on on premise you know, being able to just, you know, go to an application, it knows who you are, signs you in, gets rid of that password. But to expose that to the internet, to then, you know, do it remotely for other cloud applications, that's kind of what you did. You use ADFS instead to do your, your SAML authentication. But then you're exposing your, this authentication identity that you manage, that you've got to patch, etc. And now it's your problem if you don't patch it and it gets compromised. And that's what we were seeing, you know, and Microsoft have now brought in, you know, if you have got ADFS, they've now got tooling to tell you basically which application can move up to enter ID to do it, even on-premise applications. Yes, they have, you know, a user has to go to up there to go and get a, a token and then it needs to talk, you know, send the token back to the, the on-premise application. But at that point, you know, you're 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 replacing ADFS in effect from that that stance, and Microsoft are patching Enter ID daily. They're seeing everything. You know, it's kind of like what we we're talking about with the DDoS. You know, Microsoft are dealing with that. You know, a DDoS attack against your ADFS breaks, you know, all your applications at that point. Um, and because you've you're using a Microsoft Enter ID, you then like you said, you've got all that security capability. You've got conditional access to say whether you can or can't access it. Even if it is on prem, you know it doesn't mean that you know a potential attacker on prem then has to go and have a you know, have MFA to access your finance, you know, local finance system. No, that's great. It, it does seem really well thought out. I just I just assume that the migration into the cloud is a is a process for organisations to go through, right? You know, it's not a. I assume it's not a simple black and white, right? We've got a shift like tomorrow, basically, right? You know, it's a there's a journey. Yeah, no, it is. It's a journey, definitely. Um, I mean, a lot of organisations will probably have Microsoft Enter ID because they use the Microsoft three six five because it's you know heavily integrated. What is it is the identity provider for Microsoft three six five. So most organisations will be have it and will be licensed for it. It's just getting the full capability out of it and you know bringing that making that user experience for signing into multiple applications and the security of it and just, you know, enhancing that and getting it right. Um, it's like the, the, where, where do your devices join? You know, do they join enter ID or do they join on premise? 
you know, it's, that's almost almost down to how they're um, configured. You know, are you using group policy? You know, should it be in tune doing like group policy now? So you're moving to the cloud. You know, it's moving all your workloads, all your capabilities to sort of cloud services. You know, um, at one point, um, organizations might still have on-premise Active Directory for their, you know, their files, you know, not necessarily file servers, but all their, um, you know, on-premise servers and services, but actually, you know, a, a user's endpoint might not need to communicate with that anymore because they're going via app proxy. They're using, you know, um, SAML 2 via Microsoft Venture ID to access the applications. You know, it might literally be that now they can move those devices and the user identities to Azure AD, to Azure AD, Enter ID. Um, and then that's almost like a, a breaking of um, it's like another layer of potential security there because now those users or those devices can't necessarily directly communicate with on-premise AD and all that authentication. You've taken it away kind of thing. It's, it's, it's one way to look at it, at least. You know, those devices now are their own, you know, they don't need AD to authenticate. So someone attacking it, those devices, can't then all of a sudden jump to, you know, there's no direct connection to Active Directory. Cool. Thanks, for that, Alan. Yeah, lo- lots to think about. I think it is a, it's a bit of a beast, isn't it? Right. I don't mean that in a negative way. There's just, you know, identities are a really important part of any organisation, and you know, there's a lot that needs to go in and around that, right? Um, so the big question is, and all we usually end on it, um, <laughs> is um, how is it licensed, and you know what capabilities you know available for what cost yeah so there's a couple of tiers so there is a microsoft enter id free which gives you some basic identity um so it gives you you know on cloud you know cloud identities um mfa um and it in effect has a security um default so it's mfa enabled by default and legacy authentication disabled things like that um allows you to do password authentication and you can start to do some integration with SaaS applications. If I remember, there's a, there's a limit on how many you can do. I can't remember what that limit is. Um, but that's what you get for free. Um, then if you've got office 365, just as office 365, um, you, you're able to customize your sign in page. So you're able to you know, put branding on it and things like that. Um, and then you go into the Microsoft Ventura ID plan one. And then this gives you the, 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 the initial sort of security features. So conditional access, um, uh, AD connect, um, dynamic groups. And there's, there's various other things in there you can do. Um, and windows autopilot and, and a f- yeah, there's a few other things that like the, um, and the app proxy I talked about where you can, you know, surface your on-premise applications on there. Um, and most organizations are probably at that, Enter Microsoft Enter ID Plan One via probably a Microsoft three six five e three license, um, and that get, that's really key. Just get, at least get that first that first tier there because conditional access is is so critical in securing your identity there. Um, and then we go on to Plan Two. Um, this gives you some more of the advanced stuff, so like the identity protection, um, privacy identity management. Um, and using you know identity protection, you can then do risk-based conditional access. So 
depending on the risk of the the, le- the risk level of the user determines whether they have to do extra things or they're not you know they're blocked um, and as part of that as well you get entitlement entitlement management and access reviews so it allows you to um, review uh, access to um, groups or roles um, continuously um, so you can check your attestation um, of your environment um, so that's kind of the key ones there. So they're normally bundled, like I said, into Microsoft 365 E3 um, or EMS E3 and E5 or M365 E5 um, or the Microsoft 365 E5 security add-on to Microsoft 365 E3. There's a lot of 365s in there. One thing I've noticed from this conversation is there are a lot of acronyms in... in, um, (laughs) in ID and also as much complexity i think in the naming <laughs> of how because because it's, it's effectively bundled into all of the what i term i don't know what they're called i think they're called like base licenses or the productivity productivity licenses, yeah right? yeah you, you get it you know if you buy a plan for a user it's coming with some level of entra isn't it right because it's yeah. it's the foundation of you know um 365 so no uh and there's many different ways to piece it all together <laughs> to get, you know, there's there's people whose job it is to really piece together all that licensing, right? And to understand um, how you layer that on, right? You know, it's it's not just yeah, a and, case, you know. Yeah, and it's probably worth, you know, if you want to check out this, this these licenses, it's probably worth going to m365maps.com. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, because they so uh, I can't remember their name, but um, they've created a um, in effect a map of all the licensing, including the E fives and everything. And it's really, it's really easy to understand what you get for it. It's just, it's just amazing, and they update it all the time. Yeah, and like the matrix comparison is just like <laughs> it's 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 amazing because it's like you know when you get these like really oddball like scenarios right where somebody's like i've got this but i want this how do i get it and it's <laughs> and then like just going through and working out you know wh- what do i get if i go from a to b you know <laughs> and like it's just yeah like you say it's really well laid out and it's 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 consistent c- um consistently updated i saw it's been updated for like security copilot and all sorts of other st- all other copilots and bits and bobs like that that are just like you know in and around might not be security copilot because i don't think pricing i don't think levels have been thingy for that yet no, maybe it's 365 copilot um but i was like oh yeah you know it's just like it just gets updated um all the time um cool alan and uh, anything else you want to cover on on entra i think we've had a pretty good stab at it yeah i mean it's high level and probably to probably call out we think we've had like four episodes that we've done previously on on various small parts of it <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, uh, let's, let's go through those. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, we did Microsoft Entra External ID. So not necessarily part of, um, it's part of the Entra family, um, but not necessarily Entra ID, but that was um, that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, season 4, episode 10, we did, again, this isn't Entra ID, but it's um, Entra, so it's Entra Global Secure Access, first looks. Um, season 3, episode 4, we did Privileged Identity Management, and I think season two, episode ten, we did identity governance. Well, that seems a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. That's because it was. 
that's for sure. Well, I think we're on. I think this is episode seventy-one. Wow. I think of our like overall, so it's insane. Yeah, we're getting there. That's for sure. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, cool. Okay, so Sam, what's next week? Uh, yeah, uh, my episode next week, and I'm going to be coming covering Azure App Service. Um, it's I think it's another one of those sort of um, I'm going to call it like staple workloads in Azure that we haven't um yet yet gone through. Um, it is uh, it is a bit of a beast. So there's you know th- there's quite a few bits to go through, but um, hopefully I can um, take us through and you know uh, give some good insights. Of course, that's probably going to be a. Uh, well, it's not probably. It is going to be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So, did you enjoy this episode? If so, please do consider leaving us a review on Apple or Spotify. This really helps us reach out to more people like you. Um, if you have any specific feedback or suggestions, uh, we have a link in our show notes to get in contact with us. Yeah. And if you've made it this far, thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. Thanks all.